0: Section 24 of A History of the Inquisition of Spain, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A History of the Inquisition of Spain, Volume 4 by Henry Charles Lee. Book 8, Chapter 6, Part 8, Spheres of Action, Solicitation. It was a favorite device when a confessor had reason to fear that a denunciation was impending for him to denounce himself in the expectation of merciful treatment. Roman practice encouraged this by conferring virtual immunity in such cases as was experienced by the minim Hilario Caone of Besancon, who fled from Spain in 1653 and presented himself before the Roman Inquisition, stating that for ten years. He had heard confessions in the church of San Francisco di Pola in Seville, and that he had come in post to confess that he had solicited in confession some forty women, mostly with success. When questioned as to belief and intention, he answered satisfactorily and was only sentenced to abjure vehemente to visit the seven privileged altars of St. Peter's, and for three years to recite weekly the chaplet of the Virgin this was not exceptional mercy for in the same year an equivalent sentence was pronounced on vincenzo barzi who similarly denounced himself and the existing rule is to impose only spiritual penance on the self-accuser with advice to avoid in future those whom he has solicited the spanish inquisition at least at first was not so lenient and it followed its rule with espontaneados of examining for confirmation those whom the delinquent named as the objects of his solicitations in the early cases there is little difference in the sentences between those who denounced themselves and those who were accused in fifteen eighty two the franciscan fray sebastian de Hontoria accused himself to the toledo tribunal for having as vicar of a nunnery corrupted several of the nuns under peculiarly aggravating circumstances on examination they confirmed his confession and he was sentenced to a circular discipline in the convent of san juan de los reyes to be deprived of confessing and reclusion in a convent for ten years without active or passive voice and being last in choir and refectory he had confessed fully and freely in another case in 1589 before the same tribunal the franciscan fray marcos de latanzon in accusing himself suppressed the worst features of his offense he confessed that at orche he had handled indecently some five or six unmarried and perhaps six or eight married women but averred that this was without any licentious feeling or intention to induce them to sin five of the girls were examined whose concurrent testimony showed that the confessions were heard in a chamber in which there was a bed as each one entered he locked the door when the confession was half through he would interrupt it with the foulest indecencies and violence after which the confession was resumed and absolution was granted for this profanation of the sacrament the sentence was the same as in the last case except that the reclusion was for only four years so long as the practice of examining the women was continued self-denunciation always had the advantage that they would very frequently in defence of their honour deny everything the result of this and the prevailing tendency towards leniency are indicated in rules expressed about sixteen forty which tell us that if one witness has already testified against the culprit self-denunciation ensures a lighter penalty there is no imprisonment and it is customary to deprive him of confessing women if he accuses himself before there is any evidence against him and if the women are numerous and they confirm his statements the case proceeds to deprivation of confessing if they deny the case is suspended with a warning to him if there is but one and the case is not grave he is merely reprimanded the custom of examining the women compromised by the self-accuser gradually grew obsolete doubtless because they mostly protected themselves from exposure by denial thus in seventeen o seven in the madrid tribunal when padre pablo delgado provost of the casa del espiritu santo accused himself there seems to have been no examination of the women and his case was promptly suspended with a monition to abstain for six months from confessing women so in the case of the observantine fray gabriel Pantoja, who denounced himself may eighth seventeen twenty to the toledo tribunal for offences committed during the previous ten years which show him to have lost no opportunity of seducing women in the confessional or out of it and of promising absolution if they would yield to his desires the absence of his name from the record of autos particulares shows that none of the women were examined and that no action was deemed necessary indeed what chiefly impresses one in a series of these cases is the matter-of-fact way in which everybody priests penitents and inquisitors seems to take it for granted that such things were a matter of course, and that the confessor should be in pursuit of every woman who came before him. So, in a letter of the Mexican tribunal, May 13, 1719, to its commissioner, in the case of Fray Antonio Dominguez, who had denounced himself, the instructions are that the culprit is to be exhorted to abstain in future and to sunder an illicit connection with a daughter of confession he is to be absolved sacramentally which as the rule in all cases of self-denunciation is to be made known to all confessors in the district for the solace and comfort of their souls thus assuming them to be all guilty of the same offence still practice as yet was not uniform in seventeen forty the recollect fray joseph rives accused himself before the valencia tribunal when the evidence of two women was taken showing the beastliness to which such men resorted to inflame the passions of their penitents a formal trial resulted ending in his deprivation of confession and three years exile from valencia and the scenes of his excesses this was probably one of the latest cases in which an espontaneado suffered a writer shortly afterwards complains of the uncertainty of practice as the suprema constantly issued varying decisions under conditions precisely similar but he states the rule to be that when a priest accuses himself the registers are searched and if nothing is found of record against him he is discharged with a charitable warning and a recommendation to abstain from the confessional save when necessary to avert scandal complete immunity soon followed for self-accusation in seventeen eighty the suprema seems to have desired to introduce uniformity and inquired of the tribunals whether they were accustomed to make espontaneados abjure and then absolve them or whether they suspended the cases to which valencia replied that the custom was to suspend without abjuration or absolution unless there was complication of mala doctrina. When self-denunciation thus secured immunity, it naturally was frequent. In a list of 108 cases in Madrid between 1670 and 1772, 32 or 30 percent are espontaneados. In fact, during the later period, the whole matter seems to have excited but a languid interest and to have been treated commonly with indifference. We meet with instances in which accusations are pigeonholed without even making the prescribed inquiries of other tribunals, or cases are suspended without examining the accuser. So relaxed was discipline that when in eighteen o six the Franciscan fray Francisco de Paula Lozano, had been deprived by cordova of the faculty of confessing and not only disregarded the inhibition but complicated his offence by opening a letter from the tribunal of granada to the cura of salar he was tried by granada and merely reprimanded with a warning of what would happen to him if he persisted in his evil courses it would be interesting sociologically if complete statistics could be compiled from the time when jurisdiction was conferred on the inquisition but this is impossible for there are only a few fragmentary sources of the earlier period although for the eighteenth century there are satisfactory materials in the special registers kept of this class of cases in no case however do they furnish a standard by which to estimate the frequency of the crime for the difficulty of inducing women to accuse left the great majority of cases buried in secrecy in addition to which a marked feature of the records is the disproportion between the accusations and the trials owing principally to the impediment arising from the requirement of at least two accusations so that the trials and sentences are comparatively few in number the working of this is exhibited as early as fifteen ninety seven in a report by inquisitor heredia of barcelona of a visitation of part of his district in which ten cases of solicitation were brought before him of these seven are noted as suspended in consequence of there being but one witness another is suspended because the offender had been already tried and punished leaving but two in which arrest and trial were ordered in the visitation the whole number of cases was eighty-eight and the only offences more numerous than solicitation were unnatural lusts of which there were fifteen propositions which furnished twelve the assertion that marriage is better than celibacy which furnished eleven while blasphemy was on an equality with ten all or nearly all of these latter classes doubtless led to prosecutions while solicitation resulted in only two trials lorente explains the discrepancy between the accusations and the convictions by misconstruction put on the interrogations of confessors leading simple-hearted nuns to imagine themselves solicited this implies eagerness on the part of women to bring such accusations when as we have seen the main difficulty was to induce them to denounce by threats of excommunication and refusal of absolution in the majority of cases it was done only by order of a subsequent confessor and this frequently five ten or more years after the occurrence the fact is that only a small portion of offenders were denounced and of these but a fraction were brought to trial so far moreover from the evidence being only the excited imaginations of young girls it rarely happened that a case reached trial without resulting in conviction the preliminaries were too carefully guarded and the dread of scandal too vivid to permit the arrest of a priest against whom the evidence was not conclusive the number of cases pushed to sentence was therefore not large the toledo record from fifteen seventy five to sixteen ten only furnishes fifty two in a total of eleven hundred and thirty four of all kinds in the later period when the activity of the tribunals had greatly slackened solicitation formed a much larger proportion of their business we have a record of all cases dispatched in toledo from sixteen forty eight to seventeen ninety four in which those for solicitation amount to only sixty-eight this seems but few and yet when we compare this total with that of other offences in which there were no special impediments to prosecution it becomes surprisingly large for there were but sixty-two cases of bigamy thirty-seven of blasphemy seventy-four of propositions and one hundred of sorcery and divination between 1705 and 1714 the whole number of sentences was but twenty-six and of these eight were for solicitation while between 1757 and 1763 it contributed six cases out of a total of eight when we turn to the number of accusations we find them unexpectedly large the registers of solicitations kept during the final century of the inquisition afford trustworthy statistics showing that from seventeen twenty three to the final suppression in eighteen twenty the total number of cases entered amounts to thirty seven hundred and seventy-five of these it is worthy of note that the secular clergy only furnished nine hundred and eighty-one leaving for the regulars twenty seven hundred and ninety four or nearly three quarters partly this is explicable by the greater popularity of the regulars as confessors but to a greater extent by the opportunities of the beneficed priests who were usually well off to gratify their passions without incurring the dangers of polluting the confessional one noteworthy fact is the large proportion of those occupying prominent positions as provincials guardians ministers priors comendadores visitadores superiors rectors lectors and the like whose titles appear in the registers with a frequency greater than their mere numbers would seem to justify in seventeen ninety seven Tavira, then bishop of osma and subsequently of salamanca assumed that the crime of solicitation had greatly increased and was increasing which he attributed partly to the influence of illuminism and molinism but still more to its cognizance having been taken from the bishops and the requirement by the inquisition of two denunciations before prosecution that the latter provision conferred practical immunity on many culprits is self-evident but this was probably less effective than would have been the habitual indifference and leniency of the spiritual courts their dread of scandal and the inevitable disgrace which deterred women from appearing in their public proceedings there is practically no reason for supposing that the crime was either more or less prevalent at the close of the eighteenth century than it had been ever since in the thirteenth auricular confession was made obligatory or than it has been since the nineteenth century opened the strain of the confessional is too great for average human nature, and the most that the Church can do in its most recent regulations is to keep these lapses of the flesh from the knowledge of the faithful. End of section twenty four. Recording by Linda Johnson.